start the meeting. I guess I'm going to have to read the notice. Yes. Uh, and here goes. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order, suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, uh, and the Governor's March 15, 2020 order imposing strict limitation on the number of people that may gather in one place, this meeting of the Medford Human Rights Commission will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and or parties with the right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford website at the metfordma.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained herein. No in-person attendance of members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford or Media Community Media website an audio or video recording transcript or other comprehensive record of proceedings as soon as possible after the meeting. And my understanding, Neil, is that this meeting is being recorded. Is that correct? That is correct. So just before you begin, I hit record. Okie doke. Great. So, uh, so we've finished the introductions. The first item on our agenda is to approve uh, past minutes uh, and last meeting's minutes there was a little bit of uh, back and forth uh, communication on the minutes um, there wasn't really a whole lot of changes uh, I think only in one paragraph where I had uh, reported uh, that uh, one of our commissioners uh, had communicated uh, with a task force at the high school uh, and the, the initial note said uh, that I had contacted the superintendent. So that was the only uh, confusion. The rest really stands as it is. I don't know if uh, all the present commissioners have had a chance to uh, review the minutes and read them. Yes, yeah, so the, the, the last version was something I sent out today i think it had revised two at, at the end of it so that is the revision that would include uh Manure's adjustment okay. um this is judy this is judy yeah Can you hear me? yeah well i sent. i think i sent three corrections and one of them has not been made okay so um can you state it? I have the, I'm going to try and share my screen, which has the minute. Well, that's all right. I can tell you what it is. Right right above the air, the, the point that you near was just discussing is an incomplete sentence. Go for it. So, so I have, I'm going to actually I'm going to try and share the screen. Just bear with me one minute. Hold on. Okay. Does that work? Can you see the screen? It's starting. Yep, there we see it. It's cool. a little uh, small, but uh, uh, it may be hard to read. Uh, 
because it, both pages are on there. Uh, I see. All right. Um, can you make it bigger? Uh, not easily. Let's see. Let's see. One page at a time, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. This technology is beating me. Judy, what's your okay. change? Uh, why don't you mention the change, uh, uh, Judy? I just did. So I kind of missed. I just it. Said what it was. It's right. You were you talking about you, Judy. Oh God! Now what? Go ahead. Just say it. We can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. You can hear me? Yes. You can hear me. Okay. Um, the, the paragraph where you you said that Melissa reported something about the, the school, um, that that um, committee, right. right above that is an incomplete sentence. So I have updates on future HRC projects. Dash, Rainier asks, asked that. Yeah, that's an incomplete sentence. Oh. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Asked about the status of the school department. Okay, yeah, there's, uh, there's something. Well, I mean, isn't that a little broad, the status of the school department? And then it goes on to say uh, the equity task force, uh, let's see, asked about the status of the department's equity task force and invited the school superintendent. Okay, I I, yeah, these are not two different points, I guess, right? This right. One sentence that should be uh, combined. And, oh. and let me let me see what I had, what I had. <clears throat> oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, future HRC projects. You know what? I think uh, just remove those three words. Munir asked that. Yep. Got it. That was, that was just the title: updates on future HRC projects. Perfect. I like it. That, then, then we'll be all set, I believe. Judy, you had another one? There's, there's one that Microsoft Word is recognizing under three new business line one, two, three, four, five procedure. We don't trust Microsoft Word, sorry. <laughs> it wants a comma in there? <laughs> but when I throw a comma in there, it goes away. Well, that's interesting. That's your grammar checker. Okay, whatever it was, I didn't catch it. Okay. Okay. Any case, uh, so with those modifications, um, does ever do I hear a motion to adopt these minutes? I so nope. move. I second. Okay. Uh, everyone in favor, please raise your finger or hand. And me. Okay, great. Uh, so, uh, Neil, I guess, can we go back to the regular screen? Uh, yes, I hope we can stop sharing. Let's stop that, that should go away. Welcome to basic. We want to. Okay, great. I think we're all set. We're back. Great. Whew. Made it back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> very well. So let's proceed to our agenda. And uh, let me see. I'm going to minimize mine. And so the first 
item on the agenda <coughs> is the subcommittee uh, MLK Junior event update. So I know that we have a, an active subcommittee who has been hard at work on that. Uh, would either of the two members of the subcommittee like to start us? Um, go, go for it, it, Shelley. Go for it. Okay. Um, so Kelly and I, well, really, Kelly was amazing. She just carried this whole meeting because my Zoom was acting up, um, and Neil was able to join us. So we met as a committee, sort of like a community-based committee for the second time. Was it just last night already? Last night and then okay. last week we met, so two times. So two times, um, and we've been able to sort of identify, I think, four major sort of sessions, um, sort of speak. Um, so we're wanting to pursue work around the documentary, We Cried Power, around the Poor People's Campaign and connection to um, the current sort of COVID-based failures. Um, and then have that be a facilitated conversation with David Harris. And I was able to jump on Zoom this morning with David and iron out some details and um, get on the same page around expectations, which was great. Um, and then we thought about running something of a save the sto uh, sharing stories or save the stories program. If we can, um, again, with David's help, um, kind of find a hybrid of his work around just flicks and incorporate um, high school students and then um, older folks through WMCC um, and maybe find a way of kind of recording video or clips or just, um, you know, story sharing and, and thinking around narratives. Um, Kelly's going to do some great work around a, a citywide scavenger hunt that um, can offer sort of younger families an option to get out of the house and out and about um, and teach about our individual neighborhoods in Medford. Um, and then uh, we thought about what it would look like to kind of launch an HRC book club and David is also on board to think through that with us and um, think about titles and uh, my first thought was to run a community book reading in our next month and then discuss in honor of MLK and folks thought felt like that was a too much of a hurried um, thought. And so we're now wondering, could we invite folks to join us, you know, as a community book club in honor of MLK and sort of launch that on that Monday. Um, so yeah, as like a kickoff event as part of it. Yeah. And then I wondered maybe could it look quarterly, um, you know, who could, would we do breakouts, who could facilitate, um, but you know, smaller details will come. I think we have some good pillars in place, so. And um, we, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say we've had a really wonderful turnout of collaboration of lots of um, people representing the faith community. The superintendent has joined us for both meetings. We've had um, high school students, um, people from the Medford Arts, um, people from Boys and Girls Club, I mean, sorry, the Boy Scouts, um, trying to think there's so many different organizations the royal house um we're really trying to include as many people the, in the, kids, community. the kids from the high school and the teacher yep. the CCSR, um, um i can never remember what it stands for but it's wonderful okay. uh, you know, can, can, can i ask you maybe to write a brief uh, uh description of what what you've done because I'm not sure Steve will be able to uh, catch all the things that you went through. Absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. I was just, no, I we're just, totally in process. Yeah. Go I share. just wanted to share that we, 
that we were collaborating with a lot of um, community stakeholders and still hoping to get more um, and also West Medford Community Center. Um, and then I, uh, last night's meeting, um, it was shared that people felt like they really wanted to have some sort of a live event on um, MLK Day. So we're just trying to figure out what that means and what it would look like. Um, obviously, we don't feel comfortable or safe having anything in person right now. Um, so just trying to figure out um, who wants to, um, even if it's like a couple hour thing on Zoom where we share, show some stuff, or if the, the faith community wants to have speakers or something. But um, we're, I think Shelly and I are really going to focus our efforts on the, the four things she mentioned. Okay, great. That sounds great. Thank you. I'm thinking if we have a solid plan by the end of the year that it's all about us and other communities pushing out that we're having something so that we can have a strong attendance, I think, because it's going to be such a unique yeah. event that once we get things in place by the end of the year, I think we'll be okay. So, yeah, to Neil's point, Kelly and I this morning discussed what it would look like to put together an event website and, and again, just create our digital footprint so that we can be using those platforms to make good noise about this event well in advance so that people can reasonably attend. Yeah, oh yeah. and I think, uh, Shelly, you mentioned that you were uh, willing. I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth. No, I did say that. You're absolutely correct. I am willing. Um, yeah, if you can do that, that would be great. Would it be helpful? I actually have an agenda link. I could throw it in the chat if, if I don't know, Steve, if that makes sense for copy and pasting anything right now. Yeah, okay. Okay, great. Okay, thank you. Uh, so let's move into our next. Can I ask a question? Can yeah, I ask ahead, a question? Please. Well, first of all, I'm going to say it, it sounds like fabulous work that you've been doing. I mean, it, it's just really revitalizing the commission. It's very exciting. Um, I I want to understand about people who are trying to plan something that is not coming out of your committee. And is there any chance that it will overlap in time or am I misunderstanding? I, I wasn't sure I quite got that point. Um, yeah, no, we're not overlapping. Basically, last night it was um, brought up to us that there is, they still want something assembling, some resembling what has been done in the past. However, we obviously can't do something like we've done in the past because people can't be in the same building. It's literally illegal. So we're trying to figure out a way to honor that. Um, but also, we're trying to put our efforts into the, um, you know, other things and we're hoping that somebody can take the lead on um, that but it would all be a part of the same like weekend or day of events um, it's not a separate entity um, yeah, I think Kelly did a great job of reaching out to the community in time so that folks didn't really begin the work of planning additional events or separate events we were able to connect mm -hmm. right in time so did that include the NAACP yeah. I reached out and invited them to all the events. Yes, they haven't been a part of the planning so far, but they're invited to everything. Uh, anything else, Judy? Is that well, no, I, I guess I feel obligated to share some feedback from the previous years, which is a um, certain segment of the um, attendees has complained about the religious emphasis of the event that we've held, you know, previously. And also on the other hand, 
there's been a real um, push and some criticism implied that to make these events more Afrocentric. So I, I'm sure that you're working on that. I mean, because I can tell from where you're coming from that you're working toward that. But um, we wouldn't want to have one of those events be the traditional event, which is, you know, has a, had a reasonably significant religious focus. Yeah, I mean, MLK was a pastor, so it's really hard to talk about MLK without, um, you know, keeping his uh, his discussions of beloved community and um, so much of who he was as a faith-based person. So I think it's really hard to separate um, faith from MLK, but there is a way to do so in a way that feels inclusive for people. And I think obviously we're really 100% about making sure that this is an inclusive event. Okay, Eileen, please go ahead first. So I've been on the committee for a couple of years and I didn't know about the meeting and nobody's like reached out and said, would you like to be on the committee this year? So I, I, I don't know. Do you have enough people on the committee or do you want more people or what is the situation? Uh, go ahead, Charlie. I think you, you, uh, you want to, one of you maybe answer that? Uh, yeah. And then I can maybe segue into the other thing. Um, I'm so sorry. I, I, I didn't realize that you, I thought that Kelly and I had made a bunch of noise about um, beginning the work of um, sort of gathering voices when we were discussing the, the early plans. Well, I didn't here, know about but, the meeting when it was, or I didn't get a Zoom link, you know, so. Um, yes, yeah, so we're now meeting every Tuesday from now until MLK Day, so we can make sure that your email is included from here on out. I apologize that you were included previously. The other thing, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very much opposed to not having um, a religious aspect to the uh, Martin Luther King event because this is something that means a lot, I think, to the black community. And, um, you know, when 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 the celebration got too large for the West Medford Community Center, a lot of the black community expressed to me the complaint that they felt like the city had taken it over. And um, I don't think that's true. Uh, there was reason for that. And, uh, but um, I think if we uh, do away with the uh, religious aspect, it will be insulting to the community. And I think as, as well, if we had um, more representation, if we're gonna have, sh uh, you know, like a prayer, maybe we should have more representation of different, um, um, you know, different religions, but, but I don't think we ought to take uh, God out of it. I really don't. Um, uh, can I, I think have two have responses. Oh. Sorry, oh. sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. Judy, is that you? Uh, Judy, did you want to? Should I go ahead? Should I go ahead? It'll be quick. Yeah, um, I think ahead. you're making, I think Eileen's making a valid point. Um, we have to remember that some of the religious um, officiators at previous events have actually not been from the black community. And, um, okay, I think that's my only point. Also, can we get mailings or get the links? When, what time do you yeah. need? Yeah, we're, we're, yes, we can do that for people that are interested. I think also I, I was trying really hard to try to make sure that I was getting, I was reaching out to community organizations that I was really wanting to get black voices um, 
I, I think that that's what I was really trying to do. Um, so, um, you know, so I just want to put that out there. I have two responses to this. I think, I think, it, at least in my head, I don't know about Kelly, I'm viewing this as an event that's being proposed in part by the HRC. And so from that lens, I'm thinking that it makes sense for our sessions to be secular in nature and to invite folks to sort of include um, kind of whatever denomination or, you know, slash prayer slash whatever makes sense for them individually. Um, I also understand your point about, um, you know, recognizing and honoring what's happened in the past and what's happening at the West Medford Community Center. Um, and so I had kind of a frank conversation with David today and when I said, um, it's hard to feel like we're reaching out and we're asking for participation and um, not always hearing back. And that's, that's a tricky conversation to have. I actually am newly elected at the WMCC board. And so tomorrow evening, I'll have a chance to sort of, um, you know, discuss our plans and, and ask for energy and willingness um, if folks have it. But um, I haven't been part of MLK in the past and I I'm, I'm, don't want to assume about what happened. I don't want to step on toes. So I'll just, you know, sort of proceed with asking with an open mind tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. In my head, I see this as a, as a secular kind of celebration from the perspective of the HRC. And I can just sh share a little bit about the history. Um, having been the past president of the local uh, NAACP branch before I started working for the city, um, the branch was heavily involved in, uh, in a corroboration of the event. And the HRC also sort of added their um, help in doing some organizing. And then the city also then had a role to sort of promote it and get the word out there. So there's always been this history of collaboration of these groups. And the way I see uh, Shelley and Kelly's work, they're asking those folks again to come to the table to do actually the work that makes the event successful. So uh, I think we're going down the right road. I mean, I, I for one, frankly, appreciate uh, the fact that, uh, you, that you're concentrating on a secular event because I, to my mind, Dr. King was, was, was a, an amazing leader uh, and both politically and, uh, and otherwise. So, uh, and, and I mean, his work addressed also international affairs even. So, so uh, I'm, again, if, if, uh, if we wanna include in the event uh, something more religious, you know, that's fine. The, the community should indeed speak out and participate. But I do appreciate the secular nature of the event. Okay, is there any other discussion uh, about this? Very well. Thank you again. This is incredible. Uh, and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe uh, Kelly and Shelly can, uh, can have Neil maybe put in the, you know, the link to the, uh, and I'm not sure, maybe somehow just in the same fashion as uh, say Neil sends out the notice re uh, about these, this meeting, maybe, maybe he can send out a notice about the subcommittee meeting, just, just, just to have it available for anybody who's interested in, in participating. Don't know. We'll Is do that it. reasonable? Yep. Yeah. Okay, great, thanks. Uh, all right, 
Let's move on to the next item in our agenda. And let's see, now we have uh, the needs assessment status. And I think, Jelly, uh, you're on. Oh my goodness, I'm talking so much. Um, so first, guys, apologies. I've been boasting about job form, and then I send this weird job form that's like half breastfeeding, half doulas, half HRC. So I'm sorry. Don't. I literally opened, like I had it on my screen. It was like all HRC, and then Natasha was like, you're being weird. Um, but anyways, I, yeah, so I shared a, a Google Doc. I, I hope that folks got that. Totally understand if you haven't had a chance to look at it. But um, it has questions I don't know, from the lens of thinking about how Medford residents interact with HRC, and I adored Neil's questions because that kind of content hadn't crossed my mind with respect to thinking about how we interact with HRC, but I would love, I don't know how you're feeling about how we use those questions, Neil, but I would love to see us blend the two documents and expand on, you know, however we decide we want to. Shelly, uh, can yeah. you just sort of, for, for those people who, are, who did not get your email, other participants, can you just briefly uh, mention about the project that you're uh, you're undertaking? Yeah, I mean, so as a new commissioner, when I jumped on my first couple of meetings, I kind of thought to myself, um, there was a, there's been conversation of how do we re-energize and how do we complete our ultimate goal of reaching residents. And so I thought my head always wants to be um, sort of bottom up. And so I thought the best thing to do is to just ask to provide residents opportunity to comment on the work that we do and how we engage. And so I offered to run something of a small needs assessment. Um, and I designed questions that I hope would um, lead us to information around how people interact with us. And if they do, how it's going, if they don't, why not, et cetera. And so I have questions that are all up for debate, the language, the layout, whatever. Um, so. Yeah, I look forward to feedback. I just want to say thank you so much for starting this. I got your <laughs> link. I'm very passionate about this project. I have had quite the week, but I am going to put comments no on it in the next week for you. Um, and thank, thank you, Neil, for sharing your survey as yeah. well. I think that might be actually really nice from a data perspective to have a comparison. So, yeah. So, so I, I guess one of the challenges that we're going to face is uh, to see how we're going to advertise this, how we're going to really get people to... Uh, no, no, we'll just, we're going to create our digital footprint. We're going to be online, and that's a pretty easy way to just force okay, the link into everyone's so can phone. can you expound on that mm -hmm. statement, explain what you mean by digital footprint? So, I think, you know, like, I, we might almost say this every meeting, but we need to be on LinkedIn, we need to be on Instagram, we need to be on Facebook. Um, and the city also sends out those notice messages. We can certainly yeah. try that. The website, um, Kelly and I had talked in pre-COVID times about doing things like getting flyers posted in the local grocery stores and at train stations. You know, I don't know how effective that is these days, but if there's a large QR code on the board while you're walking in and out of the store, people might snap it, especially as a way to reach people who are not as tech savvy. Um, open to other suggestions that are free as well. Obviously we can't mail everyone a letter, um, but yeah, we will definitely try to get this out. So, and you, other organizations also the, could help. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, did you mention the robocalls? I think you did. Yes. 
Okay. Um, I didn't understand your point, Natasha, about the comparison. I, I, I just completely floated over my head. That's okay. Um, so Neil had conducted a survey with some of the questions that we're integrating about three years ago, I think. And so just from a data analysis perspective, it will be very helpful if we use those questions exactly so that we can have a comparison to see how people are uh -huh. feeling um, between three years ago and now as a lot has changed in Medford um, and the national climate around human rights as well. So um, we will obviously add additional questions, which Shelley has so kindly already started drafting. Um, but just to think about that opportunity to have kind of a comparison group from the past. Uh, okay, so thank you for clarifying. That's very helpful. Um, I, I, I'm not sure about the process for feedback. You know, I'm an editor, so if you want me to edit the whole thing, I'm happy to do that, but I don't think you're asking for that. But <clears throat> I do think um, you may want to take a look at the literacy level of your, of your, um, yeah. your questions. I think that's a um, you really know, I, I, it, it, it struck me there was a, quite a contrast between the questions you folks developed and, the, and Neil's questions from the previous, you know, which are very concrete, very, very simple and very concrete. So yeah. there's, I think there's a fair amount of, um, <clears throat> what I don't, I'll say jargon, whatever, inside terminology that, that maybe won't translate to other generations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think also, oh, no, go please. no, no, I was going to say, um, if there, if opportunities for translation come up, I think that that could be a good idea. Yeah, and I Sorry. think there are a lot of tools for health. Um, well, I use them for health literacy assessment in my job, but literacy assessment tools. And so we can certainly run the survey through that. Um, and it highlights jargon words. We can also use definitions within the survey to help people understand concepts and things like that. Also, what's your goal for, for like, you know, number of questions? But, you know, people get tired. And do you get attention. tired? I think when designing a survey, I'm less concerned with the number of questions, but how long it takes to complete something and the visual format of how many pages you have to click through. So um, if you have more closed-ended questions, multiple choices, obviously it goes much faster. You should really limit open-ended questions as much as possible because people just won't do them. And also thinking about the survey format to let people know ahead of time um, how long it will take and what's to come so that they can determine if they actually want to proceed with taking the survey. And I think also how the responses will be used. Uh, Neil, do you have uh, still the results of the survey that you had sent out? Yes, um, I can send the survey and the results. Of like, only about 25 responses we got back. It was a small uh, response, but it's it's an insight and it's an insight that we have from three years ago so it's okay. a starting point okay. great, 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 great. okay uh, uh, Eileen yes please I just was feeling uh, somewhat upset because the woman who uh, was uh, thinking of applying has disappeared um, does anybody know why she left Yes, yeah. Diane at the beginning of the meeting said she had to leave at six o'clock, so she did let oh, us know. Okay, good. Okay, thank you. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, any anything else about this uh, topic right now? Otherwise, let's move on. Uh, our agenda. Uh, the third item was a discussion with Metro Police Department and police review process. I guess uh, this uh, discussion would have been a lot more meaningful had the chief been here. But in either case, I will uh, summarize uh, what, uh, what, at least to, to my understanding, uh, this, uh, this was all about. Um, this takes us back uh, to the conversation uh, on racism that occurred in July, I believe, with uh, uh, a lot of participation from Metwood residents. And uh, one of some of the comments that were collected and made in the various rooms included something to this effect. And I will try to briefly read the various points and see where we want to go with this. Uh, the first one was we need to evaluate the Metro Police Department. The chief seems like a good person to review the systems that will create change. Uh, there have comments about have police less involved in some issues, such as mental health and drug issues. There was a request for police bikes in the neighborhood. They wanted the police to become part of the community. Uh, there were both positive and negative aspects of police in the schools. Um, again, uh, I'm not going to read all of them. I will, uh, again, I can send this out one more time. Anybody who's interested, uh, should police be or do they need to be in the schools? Then there was an item about defund or reduce Medford Police Department funding. Those, uh, see those funds diverted into social services, affordable housing, addressing food insecurity, health, addiction, etc., etc. Curiosity and concern about the budget and overtime in the police budget, where, where we have deficit in the schools. Okay, I will stop here and. I know these are, this is a big conversation, but I don't believe this should be dropped. I think this should be addressed. There has been uh, in the uh, metric community uh, recently uh, a lot of discussion about, uh, you know, the police department and, uh, and the review of the police policies. So, so I thought that at least we can start, you know, thinking about these and 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 then communicating with the chief and possibly with uh, members of the Metro Police Department and police force uh, uh, to see if we can start a conversation to discuss these issues. Uh, so I will stop talking now and uh, wait for people to comment. Natasha, please go ahead. I just have a question to clarify. So the questions you just listed, is this a separate discussion than the subcommittee that we reformed last time? Okay, so I'm on that subcommittee we formed last month, 
but I haven't received any information about when we're meeting. Okay, this is this is part of the, well, uh, maybe I'll call it part of the problem. Uh, the initial uh, discussion about the review of police policies uh, came from the chief himself, and he said he was interested in reviewing all the police policies. And indeed, we formed a subcommittee and we started doing that. We reviewed uh, three or four such policies and had recommendations and so on and so forth. However, at the beginning of this year or sometime in the past, whatever, uh, a few months, uh, the, uh, the city put on the roadmap, okay, and, and in the roadmap, they seem to have changed the approach to this reviewing of the police policy. So now the HRC is not reviewing the policies directly with the police, but rather they're waiting for the police and I guess uh, with input from members of the rank and file, the union, uh, to, to discuss these policies and then as a final step, they will bring them over to the HRC. And so our subcommittee right now seems to have nothing to do until uh, this process uh, goes through its steps. And this is one of the things that we needed to get clarification from Chief Buckley uh, as to how he wants to approach it. Uh, I had um, other potential suggestions that maybe maybe uh, the review process can involve the Human Rights Commission from the very beginning rather than just be uh, the end result where we just uh, whatever uh, look at them and say yes or no which is kind of uh, so that's so that's the situation with this subcommittee that were that I think you and I think Eileen volunteered for and I said I'd be on it but really it, it has you know it, it has no business to do right now because we're waiting for the uh, process outlined you know by by the city and the roadmap and a, and a bit of the challenge for the Human Rights Commission wasn't stepping in the role of endorsing these policies but hopefully with a review, adding a lens that they might not have thought about to sort of make some suggestions to make them better to work with the community. So it's avoiding being placed as a stamp of approval, the fact that you've looked at it. Yeah, uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie you, go ahead. Will it be possible to ask for some, like a, a, a timeline at least so that folks have some sort of sense about when they might be called to pursue this work. Like if, if MLK Day is over, I would love to jump on, you know, wh whatever comes of said committee when it is time. Um, but it might be easier to get our brains in the right place if we have a, a window. I think that's a legitimate request. Yeah. Uh, the, what I recall that the chief mentioned last time, he just made a general statement. He says, uh, he's sure this is going to take a long time, about a year or so, but, right. but, there, was, but there was no specific timeline mentioned 
uh, or how the process is uh, proceeding if it has, uh, if it indeed has uh, even started. <coughs> Just to add a, a, a new dimension to the police review policy, I put on the agenda to sort of discuss the new police legislation reform and if that becomes law, it will have an impact on the current policy. So there's a new potential layer to um, changing or adjusting what's there as the city's policies, as the state legislation may dictate some changes. Yeah, I'm glad you put that on the agenda. I think we'll, that we'll be discussing it in the next item. Um, does anyone else? Uh, uh, want to uh, say something about this? I know. Yes, uh, please go ahead, Curtis. Hi, thank you. And I hope my internet stays on, but <laughs> I wanted to say a few things in response to what I was just hearing. And first is about the chief being a good person to work with on this issue. And with him no showing a meeting, I think that is the opposite of being good about this. Um, so I hope the Human Rights Commission keeps this on its agenda until the police chief actually shows up so that he will have to address all of these very, you know, legitimate concerns and, you know, that being that. So specifically one concern though is the defund the police. So I wanted to be clear uh, with the statistic. So um, going back to 2014, the year of the Ferguson protests, the city of Medford has increased its police budget 25%. Um, in that same amount of time, the city's budget has only increased 22%, and the schools in the city have been defunded, only rising about 19%. So um, basically, we are defunding other public services and overfunding or you know, making the police even a, a larger part of the budget, and that is a very slow s slide into things going the way that I think no one at that July meeting wants them to go. So, um, you know, that's just my two cents on the defund piece. And I hope the police chief can attend a future meeting where he'll have to comment on each one of those bullet points that you had shared. So thank you for uh, the time. I'm happy to talk further if anyone wants to stay on this subject. Uh, thanks very much, Curtis. Uh, I know there have been, uh, uh, a public uh, discussion of this in the past week or so uh, from various uh, people in Medford. And uh, so I don't think uh, this issue is going to just go away. I think we will be pursuing it uh, further to get uh, more clarification and more open discussion. And uh, again, I don't know if uh, 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 most of you know that the police, the chief himself, uh, uh, did address some of these issues in a letter that he sent to the organization Mobilize Medford. And his letter is on the website. Uh, I have a copy of it. There are some amazing things in it. Uh, the question is that, again, uh, uh, obviously, uh, the chief is not the only person uh, involved. You know, uh, this involves uh, the city officials, uh, the whole police department, and so on and so forth. Right. And I think that speaks to the review process of policy that you were also talking about. And I would say that it sounds like the, the police, I don't know if it was the chief that changed the structure, but it sounds like they've successfully kept 
other civilian oversight for possibly up to a year if it takes them that long to review and return a result. So I hope the I hope the Human Rights Commission doesn't stand for being kept at arm's length and letting another budget get passed where the police get more money and everyone else gets less. Okay, thanks again, Curtis. And anybody else? Steve has his hand up. Steve. Uh, Steve, yes, please. I just wanted Curtis to get to put those percentages in the chat so I can put them in the minutes. Thank you. I also think it's important to note that um, Chief Buckley is a, mem a commissioner on the Human Rights Commission, and um, I don't know if that impacts anything, but it is an important thing to note and whether or not if that's a conflict of interest when we're discussing um, these issues. There have been times where he's had to exclude himself from um, like votes and whatnot. So I just wanted to put that out there and not as a point of discussion, but just as a point of information. Yes, traditionally the chief has been a member of the Human Rights Commission in previous years and still ongoing. And uh, <clears throat> indeed, in certain cases where the chief uh, feels that he, has, he needs to recuse from participating, but that's, that's always there, that's fine. But that doesn't uh, mean that the Human Rights Commission cannot discuss these issues. Um, I have a question about the budget increase um, for, for Curtis, if Curtis is still on. Oh, there you I are. Am, yes. Um, hi. So um, is, what percent of that you know is federal funding? A very small percent. Same with... Really? Um, yes. From what I understand, most, most federal funding um, gets put into accounts that police unions and police departments uh, kind of share collectively. So they make it look like there isn't a lot of money coming in from the federal government, but it goes to organizations that they share, essentially. So that's why when the police say they don't have, like, riot gear and, you know, military weapons, um, it's another organization that gives them access to that. So just a little point of information what which which other organization gives them access to that i forget the name of it but it's um it's like i think it's associated with the sheriff's office oh wow okay thank you all right anyone else very well uh let's uh, move then uh, go back to the rest of our agenda and I think uh, the next item on the, uh, the agenda under new business <coughs> is communications with... Steve is trying to say something. Excuse me. Go ahead. Uh, let, me, let me go back to my screen. Yes, Steve, please go ahead. My apologies. On the last item, I, I, I think uh, the HRC is in a very uh, uh, interesting position with the chief as a commissioner and um, a relatively active participant to really push these issues further. So I would encourage the commission to encourage the chief to attend these meetings so that we can have, uh, we can continue this dialogue with him about these issues. I, I Oh, I think you're, can you repeat there for a second? We missed your last, your last 20 seconds. Sorry. 
I, I think th- this is one of the few forums that I've, I'm aware of in which uh, the chief of police of a local city um, is, is a, a member uh, with um, sort of uh, equal uh, rights or opportunities uh, to engage in this dialogue. To me, this is uh, unique um, uh, with human rights commissions. Maybe it's my ignorance, but uh, what I know from my experience is that it's rare for a a commission that that deals with human rights at a city level to actually have a police chief on board as a commissioner. I think this is a unique opportunity to continue to pursue these issues. And we should do what we can to encourage him to attend. And if he can attend, you know, obviously, this is a re- really crazy times and we all are stretched uh, amazingly thin. Uh, nonetheless, the dialogue should be pursued with him. These are important, from my perspective, really important uh, issues. And this is one of the few vehicles for really engaging in a dialogue uh, with uh, with uh, someone who runs the police department. So I, I, I just want to say, you know, uh, I understand that he can't always make the meetings, but there should be room uh, someplace to engage in this kind of dialogue and with him and uh, pursue the issues that have been raised by, by so many folks at the forum, and, and more recently, uh, within OR Medford um, and other groups and other individuals. Yeah, I was talking to Barry Ingbar recently, and I mentioned, I was talking about, uh, I think it was in the letter or somewhere else, that Chief Buckley said that um, the police department in Medford did not have any of the war equipment, you know, um, that we've seen some other uh, towns get. But when I mentioned that to Barry, he said, you know, they don't have to buy it because it's, it's like when you buy a printer, right? You get a printer and they make their money on the ink, right? And he said there are other, um, there are companies that will give this kind of equipment for free to the city because then, you know, they, they make their money if they buy parts or I don't know what else. But I think that's a really important um, thing that I would like to ask the um, chief about, you know. Yeah, you're not paying for it, but do you have any? Are you getting it from any other place, you know? Um, uh, Eileen, I might uh, add here that I think uh, this question has been posed. Uh, to the chief, and he has responded, I believe, uh, you know, this was uh, something that, uh, that uh, actually it was uh, Barry himself who posed those questions to him. And so the, the I answers... Think so, Munir. I think he just said that the city doesn't have it. No, no, the, but the conversation, well, anyway, we Is, can discuss Did you have a question you're saying he answered? Yeah, I mean, uh, part of the communication with uh, with Medford People Power uh, included more details about that. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah, but uh, right. Uh, 
but we have to have an assurance that while that's true now that it can be changed in the future you know i'd like to see an agreement that they're not going to accept any military equipment itself. Well, to, to, I mean, the, I mean uh, sorry, uh, uh, to Steve's point, I mean, the chief has been an active member of the commission, and he has indeed attended most meetings. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, clearly, we'd love to have him attend every meeting, uh, and, uh, and hopefully this will happen, this will be the same in the future, and we'll have a chance to discuss those with him. Those issues with okay. um, this is, hello, this is Judy. Good maybe year. we, yeah, I mean, maybe you or Neil or both could ask him that if he isn't able to attend, he sends somebody in his place. Is that feasible? I mean, for I don't even know if that's feasible because we don't want a rotating number of police officers coming in and out of the meeting. Although, there has some advantages and disadvantages, but he, he should have a delegated second person to come when he can't come. I mean, that's, that, that's, yeah, I mean, that's a reasonable suggestion. I think in the past, he's also had another officer, uh, Kevin, I believe, who have attended some of these meetings. But I think uh, when I asked him about this last time, uh, he said that uh, there were some whatever difficulties related to this current uh, COVID situation and that has prevented Kevin from either attending or substituting for the chief. But that's, that's not an unreasonable request. I mean, usually uh, the chief does confirm his, uh, his ability to attend or, or not attend. Uh, this time I did not, I did not receive any such communication from him. So, uh, the other thing, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Judy. Oh, the other thing that we should just sort of carry through in our minds is that he, although he said it would take him a long time and it would be difficult, he did commit to um, making some kind of a list or a presentation of their actual accomplishment since he took over. Because if, if somebody on this, you know, who you know, some friend asks you, well, you know, what do you think of the chief of police? and what is it based on? What do you know about what he's accomplished? I personally would have to say, I have no idea. So, but, you know, I think we, you know, we talked about this last time. We, we certainly respect his meeting with all of the kinds of community groups that some chiefs of police would think were like, you know, way out there on the left. And you know he's he's keeping up the dialogue, and he's a member of this commission, and so on. But we don't really know what's happened within the department, and so you know I want to encourage him to um, to to make some make that information publicly available. I know I know you raised the you you posed that question to the chief uh, last time, and there was a brief discussion. Um, right. Again, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know whether uh, whether this is uh, whatever one of the things that the Human Rights Commission uh, needs to ask of the police chief, 
but certainly uh, the the various uh, critical issues that were raised in the forum i think i think those are very legitimate uh, issues to be discussed uh, in the human rights commission okay you know, i'm, it, going, to, it, I'm it, going to if you uh, sorry go okay. ahead Judy. No, I, it just occurred to me that maybe they don't want to go too public with with um, some of the human rights uh, related uh, changes that they've made for fear of, of a backlash. Just well, occurred yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to just keep on going so that we cover the other items in our agenda. The next item was the communication with uh, our superintendent. Uh, Dr. Eduard Vincent, and uh, so this past week, uh, Neil and I discussed, uh, we had said in previous meetings that we wanted to communicate with her regarding some of the uh, concerns that we discussed, and then also invite her to uh, participate perhaps in one of our meetings and and possibly in a forum. So. So I did send her a letter uh, asking her basically three things. Uh, if the superintendent could acknowledge the covert and overt racism that the students of color have experienced in the school uh, and see if uh, the school department uh, has any actions that were taken to address these concerns. And then uh, we also asked uh, the superintendent to uh, uh, begin a discussion around the naming of the Metro Parks after white men and perhaps the possibility for students to, uh, under the guidance of one of the uh, uh, teachers, uh, to research the naming of the parks and look at the appropriations, uh, appropriateness of the names. And then finally, uh, we wanted her to see if she could address the lack of diversity in the Medford uh, school staff. Uh, and uh, we did get a uh, response. I mean, I had invited her to attend today's meetings, but I, she said that she had like three other meetings and there was one meeting exactly at the same time as this. And I actually, uh, I've, I've noticed this previously uh, uh, that this the, the the way we schedule our meetings here the the second Wednesday at 5:30 of every month there happens to be if you look at the city website there are at least two or three other meetings almost competing with this and so it may be difficult but in any case she offered uh, to 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 meet uh, with uh, Neil and myself. Uh, to, to discuss this and to give us her input. So we haven't arranged the meeting yet. Uh, where hopefully this will occur in the next, I don't know, week or, or, or so. And then we can report uh, on, on that uh, when we hear. Uh, Chelly, please go ahead. Um, just to add to that, and apologies to Steve, as I should have said this, Kelly and I were honored to have the superintendent join us for um, our first meeting. Joined the second. Second. Don't ask me which one. Uh, she was there. Um, but uh, I, there was definitely discussion of what it would mean to think through adding the 1619 curriculum 
Um, and I think in previous meetings, we've talked about like our own HRC culture and what that means as far as a suggestion for like park renaming versus curricula design versus um, uh, educators of color, like uh, sort of, you know, more upstream systems level discussions. Um, and then designing an ask for her before we invite her, but I just wanted to add those couple of points. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, thanks, Joey. Yeah. Uh, okay, anything else? I, th I guess the, the, one, the one thing I'd like to add about um, interacting with the superintendent and the school committee and adjusting curriculum, it may take um, a commissioner joining their subcommittee and um, school committee meetings to sort of move that agenda along. I've tried to uh, pop in when I could, but there's a definite process, getting the superintendent's buy-in, and then you've got to sort of ride the process through to make those sort of curriculum changes. But it's possible, it takes time it, in. It means a lot to me. I'm happy, if folks are okay with that, I'm, ha I'm happy to think about that. It means a lot to me, so. Yeah, and I Maybe attend down. a lot of the school committees also, I have a foster daughter in the school system now, so I have a vested interest in that. I always. Internet is frozen, Kelly, sorry. Oh, I just said that I, I have been attending school committee meetings. I, I'm also um, interested in it, both personally and professionally. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, very good. Uh, so the next item, let me see, our agenda was uh, the, uh, let me just access the agenda, uh, was the police reform legislation that uh, Neil mentioned briefly and impact on the MPD policies. You wanna make additional comments on that, uh, Neil? Well, I initially put that on the agenda with the hopes that the chief would be here because uh, once the legislator had passed the bill, he popped into my office and had to go to another meeting, but he mentioned how that legislation would greatly impact the current policies. He thinks most of the policies are in line, but the state could dictate what uh, our city policies were. And I thought it was a, an important discussion for you as commissioners of the Human Rights Commission to say uh, where you stand on this, um, it, it's still not signed by the governor, as I know. Um, I know the local branch of the NAACP has written a letter to the governor uh, letting him know why uh, they would like it signed. They don't have uh, everything that they hoped out of the bill, but it is strong enough that they are encouraging uh, him to take this next step. Uh, indeed, there has been an effort and uh, to uh, write letters to the governor uh, and uh, called his office to urge him to sign this bill because, uh, at least politically, it looks like if he if he does decide to veto it, there may not be enough votes to override the veto. So, for those of you who are interested in this, you might want to consider contacting the government. Uh, okay, uh, so we still have some time uh, for new business, and uh, let me see. There were a couple of uh, issues that were raised. Kelly, Kelly's raising ahead. her hand. Yep. Um, I just wanted to talk about, and this might also go into our discussion of what things we want to talk to the superintendent about, but just about um, 
decentering Christmas um, in the school system, it was brought to my attention that um, a classroom in Medford Public Schools was using Elf on the Shelf. Um, and I assume that that's, it's probably not a, um, a one-shot deal. I'm sure that it's not the only classroom. And I just thought, and I think Judy um, had a similarly aligned um, concern as well about uh, City Hall. But I just thought um, there's a lot of ways that um, you can talk about um, holidays and culture and customs um, without centering Christmas in a way that feels um, exclusive to people that um, might not celebrate Christmas. Um, even the secular um, celebration of Christmas is still rooted in, you know, Christianity. Um, so I just thought that might be something for us. It might feel, it feels like a human rights issue, frankly, is why I, I wanted to bring it up. Uh, Judy, did you also want to discuss, uh, are you still there, Judy? Yep. Uh, so did you want to mention the, the point that you raised? Uh, your I mean, it's uh, trivial, but it's just another example. Um, so I walked over to Walgreens just yesterday and between the Med West Medford Post Office and Walgreens, there are barrels, you know, where they put plants in the summer and there were little trees with clearly Christmas decorations on them. So I imagine that group of, of retailers or some one of them did that. But I mean, isn't there, is, I don't know. I work, uh, not now, while I'm working home, but I work in the JFK building and every year they put up an enormous Christmas tree. And and when I've tried to complain, they say, well, uh, there's no Christian symbolism on it. And I say, what about Santa and reindeers? That's not Christian, but it's Christmas. And, you know, and actually there's a, I know we're running out of time, but there's a funny story. One year I said, what about these little carolers? They're, they're like, I don't know, three, four feet, three feet high in old, in a Victorian kind of attire. And, and they have their song sheets in front of them, which clearly have, you know, some, some Christmas song on them. So I said, what, you know, what about these carolers? And, and the guy um, who I was talking to, who is part of building management, said, well, that's not Christian. <laughs> so, you know, people have a, have a very funny idea of what, what it's, I mean, people have, let's just put it this way, people now have no idea what it, what it feels like to go into, those, into that building where the INS is, no, is is located and they're coming and they're nervous about their citizenship and they're just nervous about being in a big federal building and and there there's this symbolism telling them that we you're not you're not real American, you know, and you never will be. <clears throat> so West Medford, I don't you know, are we gonna act on it? I doubt it. But and maybe it's too late to act on the school thing, but it certainly, I think we should. I think we should, it should be brought to someone's attention. <clears throat> okay, I, uh, uh, sorry, Neil, were you about to say something? 
I, I do, but Steve had his hand up first, so I'll, I'll Steve go first. Go ahead, Steve. I just want to say, for me, the issue is one of inclusion, which is a principle that uh, is a human right, that people, uh, wherever they live, uh, whatever they do, whoever they are, should feel included in the life of a city. And in this case, we're talking about Medford. And um, I would ask, um, uh, the, the city government, among others, to think about this principle when they decide or think about, uh, you know, spending money to put displays on the streets, in public buildings, etc., about inclusion. To, to just think about who will feel welcomed and who will feel alienated. Now, I know a whole lot of folks who may not be Christian, particularly immigrants, may feel that they, you know, want to be included in the uh, American uh, notion of, of Christmas. And, and that's fine. I, I, see, I see Christmas trees in homes of people who are not Christian. And, and that's fine. You know, people should feel included. But when there are not other kinds of symbols and evidence, uh, visible evidence of uh, the various uh, cultural traditions that people who live in a community uh, observe and are comfortable with, th that they're not present at all in, in public places, that's an issue. So, you know, I'm an atheist. Uh, I, uh, I don't have religion. Um, my kids are third generation atheists. But, you know, uh, this time of year, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, for 10,000 years, has been uh, uh, commemorated in various ways because it's the middle of the winter. And, uh, you know, we're going through a tough time when when light is diminished and uh, we're existing uh, on the previous uh, uh, food that we, 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 we created through agriculture, etc., and we're hoping we will make it through the winter. And this is universal. And it's, it's manifested in many ways, uh, which are fine uh, differently. So, uh, you know, the tree, the evergreen tree, as a symbol of uh, making it through the winter is a wonderful thing. Lights to uh, sh shine uh, wherever we can in our homes, in the streets, uh, to show that we, you know, we're looking forward to, to spring and, and we're hoping to get through this together. It's, it's wonderful and it's manifested in different ways. So the issue for me is really inclusion. What, what will make people feel welcomed and included regardless of their religious or cultural uh, uh, stances? How can, we, how can we encompass everyone who lives and works and prays here? For me, that's the issue. Uh, I may tell uh, I just make a, a sort of try and frame the question because I want the commission to sort of 
uh, live in its power. Um, you are created to give advice and counsel to um, other city departments, the mayor's office. Uh, last year, we raised the issue, but we tabled it. We didn't have that full discussion that I think is appropriate at the commission level and for us to then give some guidance. Certainly we understand government shouldn't be promoting any particular religion over another, but the city's had this tradition that they wanna have this festival or opportunity where people gather, you bring your kids so you, one of your spouses can go out and do the shopping and that's gonna continue. So how can we give them advice and counsel about how can we do it in an inclusive way? And I think maybe we keep it on the agenda, we do it, uh, at a later time so that come next year that we the commission has properly spoken and given some good advice and counsel to folk about what we feel is inclusive. Don't you think of a focus on the schools would be appropriate for this year just to make a statement somehow and um, I don't know how I mean you know we just talked about communication with the superintendent um is there a way to make uh, I, you know a non-confrontational but but you know specific statement about the fact that children report that there is a hyper focus on christmas in the, in the public school yes I, I, I mean, you have your hand up please go ahead go i'd like to say something <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, uh, I think you're muted. You are muted, we can't hear you. Okay, so I would just like to say that we've brought this up, um, for three years in a row and it always gets tabled and I'm sick of it getting tabled. I think we need to do something. Um, I myself feel very offended when I go to the city hall and I see Santa's sleigh and and it's up there with the presence and everything and and you know there's no um equal display of a kwanzaa of the you know the not the menorah but the candlelights from kwanzaa or the menorah or there's just nothing that's representative of any other group and uh, i just don't i feel like the constitution says separation of church and state now the stores are a different store because they're private. Yeah. We could give them advice, but they're owned by people. But we pay taxes to the city. This is our government too, and it shouldn't alienate people that are not Christian. That's my feeling. And I'm sick of tabling it every single year. Just one factual correction I want to make. There, there, are, there is a menorah, there is a Kwanzaa light that gets, does that set up. Uh, I'm very sorry that you tiny. don't see it, but, it, but it, okay. is, it, is, it does go up. But it's very tiny. It's not out in the lobby. Where, where it was in your office. That was it. No, it was moved out. So it got, it got places. But that's something the commission can do to say you have a position. And they have the right to create okay. that. Uh, uh, Charlie, go ahead. Uh, um, I said this to Kelly just in passing, but now it, maybe it's a thing to share. This makes me wonder when in conversation with the superintendent, what calendar is the school using? Because to Steve's point, we're losing 
um, the opportunity to discuss how and why holidays are connected to more of like a pagan um, based thought process around seasons. And we're also losing the opportunity to um, meet folks where they are and discuss how and why tradition comes to fruition for different families in different countries. Um, so I was joking with Kelly, my kids' school uses the Syracuse cultural workers. Um, we are also, my kids are also third generation atheists actually, but um, it's just a good opportunity for learning and enhances a perspective about where folks are coming from. Um, so okay. I don't know. I, maybe we can bring that up with here. her. I'm, I'm, I'm going to add something here. I'll, I'll get back. So, uh, you know, I come from a tradition of uh, various religions uh, celebrating various holidays. And when that happens, at least when a reasonable people uh, celebrate that, they celebrate each other's holidays. So I think, I think Steve's point, to Steve's point, the inclusivity, the inclusion is the critical thing here. Okay, I refer to myself as a born-again pagan. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I've grown up with a, with, a, with a Christian background, but I, I don't. I, mean, I don't call myself Christian. So, so I think, I think we should, some, we should uh, indeed, if we want to make a statement, we should be having someone take the responsibility to formulate that statement, bring it over so that we can uh, all agree on it, or at least most of us agree on it, and send a message to the city, to the school system, etc. Uh, Kelly, go ahead, please. I, I also wanted to say um, a, a wonderful example of inclusion, and I think this is, we should that highlight what we see as success. Um, my daughter, uh, I filled out, the Medford Public Library had these craft, winter craft kits, and they included um, the same number of Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Christmas and winter solstice. Um, what an amazing inclusive, and it was great. I mean, she's three. I don't know how much she got, but like we talked about every holiday and we talked about how some people do this and some people don't. We talked about, and I loved that it wasn't, you know, 15 Christmas and don't worry, we threw a, we threw a little dreidel in there. It was all um, equal. And I think that that's the point that we want to make. And I know um, probably I'm going to just, the story I'm telling myself, um, is that the reason that this has gotten tabled is it's a hot topic and it's gonna piss a lot of people off. We know that people, I'm a Christian, I celebrate my, if, you, if I move my camera, you would see a lot of Jesus, baby Jesuses, okay? But I also am aware that that just, be, I shouldn't be the only one affirmed every time I walk into a city building. And I shouldn't be the, my daughter shouldn't be the only one that can recognize, hey, I have that at home and look at it's here. That, that's not okay. So I think we have to also be brave and vulnerable and we have to encourage the city people that we hire, the people that we vote in to represent everybody and to, it's okay, people aren't going to like some of the decisions that we make, but are they the right decisions and are they fair? So I think that's the message and I'm happy to help draft a letter. I, 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 um, mm -hmm. I, I'm not grammatically the best person, but I can make a nice letter and someone can help fancy it up and add, add things or whatever, but I, I'm happy to help whoever wants to do that. Okay, obviously there are also other religions that have not been included. I don't see any Hindu uh, references. I don't see any Muslim references. I mean- There was never a Diwali in the Medford public schools, guys. Yeah, I, one can go on and on. So yeah, so if we can indeed, I mean, if Kelly, if you're willing to uh, uh, for, you know, uh, write a letter, bring it 
to us, you can, I think it's, I think it's probably okay to, to email it ahead of the meeting. Uh, so we can uh, all uh, get input into it and then uh, make a formal motion in our next meeting. All right, uh, we can do that. That'll be January. That'll be January, right? Um, yep. I mean, that'll be, yes. I know yeah. we can't do business outside the meeting, so I guess we're... Well, we're it's not, uh, not real business. I mean, we, we could we could even call a meeting. I mean, we've done it before, like uh, if we wanted to. But I mean, frankly, I I don't. I mean, how practical is it? Do you think that if we send a letter before Christmas, that uh, the situation will change uh, in City Hall or in the school? I don't know. I think but you might get City Hall to take down all of its decorations, but an elf on a shelf in a classroom is something that can be remedied soon and beyond the religious connotations. I'm not very comfortable with the normalization of something surveilling you and then telling you whether or not you're good and get gifts. So if parents want to do that in their home, that's fine. I'm not sure teachers should be doing that to students. And they also can't guarantee that their students are going to get gifts. We're in a huge economic crisis right now. And I don't think it's a good idea, both from the gift perspective and from having someone watch you perspective. And just for the record, I don't know how the ELF was used, if it was used in the way that it traditionally is used as a surveillance mechanism for Santa. As my understanding, I don't do the ELF, um, but I think regardless, the actual presence of it in any, any public school classroom is um, unacceptable. Just a, one closing point that there may be two issues of whether or not you can do something quick enough to address something that's brought to attention. And the broader picture is how do you influence every year what the city will undertake for decorations come wintertime. And there is power to have it on your agenda to have the public come in to share their opinions and you giving back what you think is the right thing for the city to do. So I think there is agency in getting it on the agenda, having a full discussion and making the decision as this is how the commission wants to speak on this issue. Okay, well, I mean. Uh, to your question, Eileen, no, the elf is Santa's spy. Clarification. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, okay, we've already gone beyond the, our limit, so I, I mean, I, I don't know that uh, that we can, uh, we are able to act before, you know, this season ends. But uh, I mean, if we if we do decide, we can exchange emails. We can, if we do decide to have a, an extra meeting in a couple of weeks. Uh, just for this purpose, so be it. We can discuss that. Otherwise, I think we will do it in our next uh, next meeting. Um, okay. Uh, so that said, I think uh, I will entertain a motion to dismiss us all and this meeting. Anyone? Seconded. So, Seconded by uh, Kelly. Thank you. All those in favor, say so long. And uh, we'll, we'll see you soon, if not um, in person, by email. <laughs> Take care. Thank, Thank you. you.